On this episode, mantras, apparel, and fitness is for everybody. Welcome to the Almost There Adventure Podcast. hosts, Severia Tilden, Jeff Hester, and Jason Fitzpatrick. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Almost There Adventure Podcast. Today, we have Adina Crawford, who is a, a, a yoga instructor and uh, and much, much more. Why don't you do a way better job of introducing yourself than I just did, Adina? That was not my best effort. I apologize for that. <laughs> but Jason, your voice just took it over. It's beautiful. So <laughs> thank you for... Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me. My name is Adina Crawford, also known as Dini the Yogini. I am all things community. I think that's one word, that, one way yeah. to sum it up. All things community, and I am for the people to bring more diversity, inclusivity into the fitness space. Love that. Yeah, that's great. And and uh, well, why don't we go back to the beginning? When did you? Your main focus is yoga. So so when did you first start doing yoga? You know, how did you get started in this? Wow. So I've been doing yoga for a long, long time. Um, I got more into it when I was training for the Chicago Marathon because I was felt like my body was broke down. I mean, I was like, oh, my God, everything hurt. Everything hurt. And I figured that yoga would be a good alternative, you know, for cross training. So I started taking it more and more, more and more. And the studio I was going to, the instructor was like, hey, you know, we love your energy. We love what you bring here. Just your authenticity. We would love to have you become an instructor. Well, that was a sales pitch, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> from then on, you know, um, that was years ago. Um, I decided to go into the teacher training. I uh, took a 50-hour sculpt teacher training, which is a high-impact yoga with weights. Uh, I successfully passed that, and then I went on to do my 200-hour successfully passed that. And then during COVID, um, I did another teacher training online and successfully passed that. So now I'm a EYRT. And what that is experience registered yoga teacher. So for over a 1000 classes taught to date. Wow, that, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. and obviously, as you mentioned before, you're, you're trying to improve the diversity and inclusion in that space. Why don't you talk about why that needs to happen, I guess, would be the best way I can phrase it. Well, you know, I'm glad that you asked that because it's, it, you know, fitness is for everybody, right? And it's yeah. for all bodies. It doesn't matter what shape or size you are, where people find the difficulty is whether I fit into that space or not. You just have to do it. Right. I mean, I took my teacher training down in Bethesda, Maryland, and I had very good instructors, really good connections, and it was fabulous. So I think what people need to look at is that where do I want to be? What do I want to do? And, and not let the outside forces or outside thoughts start creeping into your head saying you can't do something and just find find a way to make it happen. You know, um, find find a place that, you know, offers like introductory classes and check it out. I would s visit several different studios before making a decision and find out if it meets your specific needs. 
So the last time I saw you was this past spring. What have you been up to since then? Since you've been, oh, since your magical snowshoeing experience. Oh, Severia, I, let me just, let me just throw in this shameless plug for Adventurous <laughs> Women. I got to tell you, this was, and I'm still talking about it to this day. I was, I, when I meet people and they were like, hey, I saw your pictures from Bend. What was that like? Or I just want to talk about it. I have to say that was one of the best well-planned events that I have ever been to. While I've been to many retreats, this was just hands down, well-organized. Severia had me step out of my comfort zone. I got a little nervous on a few things, but the snowshoeing was absolutely the highlight of my trip. It was a pretty special day, uh, Jeff, because you live in Bend as well. So it was that what we had a spring storm, literally, and there was fresh powder up on Tumalo Mountain the morning that they went. So it was it was pretty dreamy. Yeah. And then our our, our guide was amazing. Yeah. Um, being able to go up into the back country, 400 feet above elevation, that was huge. Yeah. And luckily, and I mean, you could probably edit this out, but luckily <laughs> I took some pictures with my phone up there and those picture one picture of me and all the lovely ladies that were on that uh that trip will be featured in a holiday catalog oh nice <laughs> yeah well, that, we, that was huge ooh, i mean i'm just well, if yeah, we can we'll, we'll, we'll put it in our show notes if if uh if we can you know we always you know try to <laughs> we'll be, we can be to... super, we can be super top secret adina it's just an outdoor company that may have a three-letter acronym name but we wouldn't say who that is out loud oh uh, okay right right yeah. okay gotcha 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 <laughs> perfect i mean we probably could i don't think it's a big deal but thank you for that shameless plug i totally appreciate yes. it and adventurous women uh yes. appreciates it um but yeah so what have you been up to since then that's what i want to know well or what I've haven't been you been up I know. I mean, ever since I've been back, and that was what in May, yeah. Uh, just all kinds of things happening. I got the, given the little timeline here, I got uh, this month um, headed to Pittsburgh on Friday to do a bike event. You know, a little bit of, kind of little R and R, and just getting out and meeting other women from all over to do a bike event in uh, Pittsburgh. And then next month, uh, beginning of September, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, for the Sweat With Your Soul Conference, uh, head up, headed up by Black Girls Run. I'm actually opening that up uh, with the mindful meditation about breath. And thereafter, a couple of weeks thereafter, I'm headed to Seattle uh, to partake in a retreat. And they asked me to do some yoga and meditation and then in October, I'm headed to Massachusetts times two, one for the Boston women's 10K. I am opening up the run with uh, yoga warm-ups and stretches. And then the end of the month, I'm headed to another part of Massachusetts, closer to my hometown, uh, doing an event under Fleet Feet, uh, doing a yoga event and meditation and the social hours. So I'm, I'm super excited. That kind of will probably wrap up things. Well, maybe not. I got some other things in the uh, other fires in the irons in the fire. So super excited, just really busy, a uh, little other things going on behind the scenes, uh, shoe testing for fleet feet. Now of all the different brands between Saucony Brooks, uh, Hoka, you know, all of them, you know, it's just, it's just been amazing. Absolutely amazing.
Was that your first marathon? And how did you get into marathon running? You know, was well. Let me just say this, Jason. I yeah. had never been an, a person that exercised, and I tell this story, and people don't believe me. But then they read the story, and they're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> um, so. You know, several, several years ago, you know, I was, you know, heavy smoker um, and I just didn't exercise. I was close to like 300 pounds. Um, and my husband came home one day and he says, you need to do something. You need to get off the couch and you need to do something. And I was just kind of like in denial. You know how we get in that space like, oh, you can't tell me anything. I'm not doing anything wrong. That type of thing. Right. And. He said, maybe run, walk, do something. So I found a running group, which was Fleet Feet. And that was, you know, the story. The story starts there. Um, I learned how to run. I've never been an active person until my late adulthood. So I'm a late bloomer. And being able to get out there and move. I, did, I went from a 5K to a half marathon and several years later, my first full marathon, which was Chicago in 2017, I think. And then in 2021, I went home to Boston and hooked up with a bunch of friends. And we did the Boston Marathon virtually, did, did the route. It was amazing. And I still got my virtual Boston Marathon medal. So I just have two under my belt, but several half, mar several half marathons, several 5Ks. Um, a couple triathlons, and those are indoor sports for me, and uh, cycling events, and that's all she wrote. I just have not stopped since. That's so cool, and and I know like it's funny. I see Fleet Feet around, and I have a, a, a sort of a broad understanding of what it is. But do you want to talk about Fleet Feet and 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 how it works? Because it's a subscription thing as well as like a store, right? Isn't there, or like a group kind of thing? Well. Well, yeah. Well, Fleefy is like your 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 like your superstore for fitness apparel and you know shoe fitting and bra bra sizing, and they also do, do different programs. And some of those programs are like you know run 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 be, run before you walk or walking program or training program for either five k, ten k, half marathon. I'm not sure about the marathon part of it, but I know they do a lot, and um. I, that's when my journey started, and I've since then, you know, been connected with them. Um, I've done a couple of different commercials for them, and I'm just like family into them now. So, um, telling my story, uh, doing live, you know, feeds and things of that nature, it's just been wonderful. I've, I've been truly, truly blessed with them and being a part of the Fleet Feet family. It's just been great. And and you talk about like you know the you mentioned a little bit like the before and the after. But, but why don't we talk about like, like how, how did it, how did it feel? Like, you know, obviously it's always going to be really hard at first if you haven't exercised much to start, but like, how, how do you feel now? Like as a result of, of changing your lifestyle? Well, you know, I actually feel pretty darn good. You know, I'm older now, so, you know, the, the running is in my repertoire, but I can do more yoga. I can do more teaching water classes, uh, like aqua boot camp. I feel amazing. You know, I got aches and pains as we get older, you know, the knees, the shoulders or what have you. But yep. <laughs> I'm just so glad I made that transition to do that, you know, to, to make that move. And also to bring a light to other people that, you know, fitness is for everybody. You're never, you're never too old to start a new adventure, right? Just you have to step out of that comfort zone 
and just do it. No, I think it's too. I think we put, I think we put limits on ourselves. And I think especially with social media today and, you know, sort of the image of, you know, what fitness is supposed to look like or what outdoor, you know, adventuring is supposed to look like. It's this very curated, perfect thing. And I think it's important to remind people that like, and like, you know, the us and adventure us, like everyone can be adventure this, you know, like there's adventure in all of us. And it's just finding that right place to do it and fitness too, you know, like it's bringing it into your world in a way that works for you right? What might work for somebody else may not work for you, but find, find what works for you. I couldn't agree with you more, Severia. And I will tell you this. And and again, this is not a a plug, but it's just the truth. (laughs) So when I came back from Bend, um, I got approached by a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people that follow me on social, like in my running group, and just even like some of my people in the police department that I work for, right? They were like, whoa, we saw those pictures. Oh my God, they were amazing. I'm like, I have never done these things before. I picked things that I have never done before. And I, it just, it, it just goes to show you that you can do this. You may, you know, be hesitant or apprehensive, but even if you just try, you know, and the support system of the women on that retreat was just, it's it just, it's just something I will never, ever forget. I'll just never forget it. It just, it leads me to say, you know what, Adina, you can step out and do anything you want. You know, we already know how to run. We already know how to cycle, but you never knew how to snowshoe and tipping your feet at the rock climbing, you know, just doing the things that you've never done. You can share those stories with other people. And I have, and it's just been great. All right. So very fess up. How much did you pay Adina to come here and be like your commercial commercial spokesperson? <laughs> On this episode of, of our podcast. <laughs> no, I just, you know, I think I she is here because we share share a very common love of making sure that people get outdoors yeah. and that people put a little adventure in their life and push themselves, you know, in ways they didn't think possible. And we have a definitely a common, uh, common shared passion for inspiring people, I would say. Mm-hmm. So. That's what this podcast is all about, getting people yeah. inspired to get outdoors and to do fun things. So that and you know, Jason, I, I will say this, and this is not this is not a bad thing, but I hear from so many women, oh, I, I don't they don't make clothes to fit me. Oh, I don't want to mess up my hair. You know, but then you think about it, you know, movement is medicine. Bottom line, right? Movement is medicine. You just gotta get out and move. They make clothes for everybody now. Yeah. Every they have clothes from size zero to 4x there's or even maybe higher but you just have to be committed you have to get it in your mind that you're going to do it don't worry about what other people think or what they say just move yeah and but that is only a more recent thing there was a long period of time where you know even as a tall big and tall guy i struggled to find clothes that fit i you know still Mm -hmm. a lot of big name brands don't make things that fit me you know still well i'm not even that you know necessarily Mm. that that far outside the you know the uh the 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 whatever the the standard size system so yeah it's they still have some work to do that's all i'm saying i'm glad that you're right they do make it don't use that as an excuse but at the same time don't let the brands off the hook because they do need to a lot of them some are doing good but but a lot of them need to do a lot better in that regard i think well, you know, it's, I'm glad you said that because that's been a conversation. Um, I've worked with several brands like Terry Bikes and um, 
a couple other brands uh, to, to bring more size inclusivity and make it more accessible for others so that there really is no excuse. And when I did the fit brand modeling for Terry Bikes, people were like, oh, my God, I didn't know they made clothes that were for curvier women or what have you know so it just it got into a real heated and heavy conversation so that's been my whole thing about conversation on apparel well you know particularly now considering how many more people are doing these activities right like wait since the pandemic had so many more people are doing cycling so many people are hiking running you know you think there'd be it just would make business sense to make bigger bigger sizes because hey there's more money out there to get. And, you know, if, if you're, you know, hey, maybe not all of them are going to do it, but hey, if you're the one or two that are in that market, that's, that's you know, you, you know, you'd think you'd make some good money doing that, you know. Make, oh, make, yeah. Being the one oh, brand yeah. Does, you know, yeah. <laughs> I think it's so important, Jason, just so important because, you know, we make enough excuses for stuff, right? Yeah. Don't let that be one of them. No. <laughs> and you know we again your 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 whole nickname is everything it has yogini and is in yoga and we've barely even kind of talked about yoga um tell tell us about you you obviously teach yoga tell tell us more about your yoga and, and your your teaching it and i don't know yoga i don't do it so i don't know much about it so so you know <laughs> so it's it's quite all right so you know my thing is that i do different uh types of yoga you know um my dear and near and dear to my heart is the chair yoga for the seniors mm-hmm. um, because flexibility, mobility, and movement is so important as you get older. And I have my seniors in two different places that I – actually, three different places that I uh, teach that um, giving them the sense that they are included. While they can't stand like you and I and, you know, maybe raise our arms above our head and fold, you know bend over and touch our toes – they can do things in the chair. So we do a whole salutation, a sun A and sun B in the chair, and it's just amazing. My oldest student is 97 years old. Wow. <laughs> and he moves. He yeah. moves. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, bring in a mantra for them every week and just to keep them motivated and encouraged. And then I also teach a yin yoga class Um which is um, a very popular class at the facility, the gym that I teach at. Um, I usually have a nice little wait list of people uh, to come to that class. And then I do a meditation, um, a weekly meditation um, for people that are at the end of the week, you know, whether they're suffering from stress, anxiety, or they just need a moment just to, before they go home and listen to the screaming kids and the doors slamming and the dog barking, they want a moment to themselves. So I find that bringing that, bringing them into a space where they can have that and come into deliberate stillness is a beautiful thing. And you mentioned a little bit about that you work in law enforcement and we chatted a little bit before we, we started the recording. Um, do you find, is, is this yoga like a, does it help you a lot like in coping with whatever the, the woes of what you deal with on your, in your day job as well? So I'm glad you asked that. So, uh, a couple times, in, in the, especially during COVID, um, I brought the yoga to a lot of stressful units. Um, our Special Victims Investigative Division, which deals with, you know, child sex abuse, that type of thing. I did an online thing with for them, and it was just amazing because they see it all. They see, they hear it, they, you know, it's just bad, right? They needed that. So I bought that to them, and I bought it to our, dom- our domestic violence unit, and... 
just different people. So bringing them into a place where they can learn how to breathe, right? That is so important because harboring all that, I would not say misused energy, but harboring the things that you see through your photographic lens and things that you hear can take a toll on you after a while. So um, as I mentioned to you earlier, I'm in a specialized uh, team, which is called like our peer support team. And we go out when there is trauma, an officer killed in the line of duty, an officer may be shot, whatever the situation is, um, illness, we take care of our own. So we get called out and we either respond to whether it's the hospital or whether it's the residence or whether it's the funeral, right? And we play our role there to show our support. And I've been doing it now for over 15, 20 years now. So it, over the years, you know, you see a lot and it takes a toll on you. So yoga is my O-U-T. <laughs> That's a lot. It's good that you found something to create that balance in your life for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, because already, you know, already, you know, in just in general, it, some of the things that just are vividly in my mind that I've experienced through, you know, doing that. And then also just being in the department, you, you're you're accessible to a lot of information, a lot of different things, and certain things can be a trigger. So I've learned to bring people that have those triggers in their lives, whether it's, you know, mental health or whether it's a loss of an unborn child, whatever it is, that bringing yourself into a space where you can breathe is so important. How did you two meet, Severia and Adina? Who was aware of who first? How did, how did that How did that work? So uh, Adina is an REI partner, and okay. REI is one of the sponsors of Adventurous Women. And so we were connected through our REI contact, which was awesome. Oh, so, cool. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, Adina Jason, was not only she didn't pay me. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I didn't. And Adina was not only um, a participant at the Escape and Bend, but she also led our yoga. So every morning she led the women in their morning yoga, which was amazing. And then she helped um, guide our sort of final meditation circle and uh, closing closing yoga, which was fantastic as well. And now do you think, is the meditation sort of a part of the yoga or is that like its own thing kind of, kind of separate from it? Well, you know, for me, I like to do uh, a combo. Mm -hmm. Just like you get a snack pack, you know, the chicken and the biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do the yoga first and then bring people into a place of stillness, which is the meditation. But on some of my classes, it's straight meditation. So, and it's always surrounded by either a theme of whether it's breath or whether it's anxiety or whether it's just finding a happy place within yourself. You mentioned, Adina, uh, that you will oftentimes bring a mantra into your class. Can you talk a little bit about what, what is that? What does that look like? Or what, can you give me an example of what that might be? So my my last class, and I'll be glad to tell you, so my last class that I did, um, which was on Monday, just the, let people come, when they come into the class, I just say, you know, not sure how you're feeling at this moment, but my goal is to make you feel better than, you felt, feel better than you than when you came in, right? You wanna feel whole, you wanna feel fulfilled. And, you know, I'll just put like one word into their head, belief, you know, and just, you know, what does that mean for you? Or gratitude, what does that mean for you? And just really focus on, you know, 
something from your heart. You know, a lot of times, you know, a lot of stuff comes from our heart, right? Our emotions, our empathy, our sadness, our laughter, you know, our joy, our pain, you know, focus on the little heart sustaining muscle right in the center, which is your heart and think of something positive that resonates with your heart. You know, whether it's love, whether it's just seeing somebody smile, you know, that can just change a person in a minute. So the mantra is something different almost every week, you know, and I think they, from what I get to understand from my boss, people like that because you could strike a chord and you can be like right on point and you haven't even talked to them, you know, so I want people to leave fulfilled. That's kind of my goal, you know, and I'm not the best and I'm not the, the most perfect person when it comes to yoga, but I am very passionate about it and I, I it comes from my heart anything i do comes from my heart when it comes from yoga well i think in any kind of activity be it hiking outdoorsy or yoga or cycling i mean that's more way more important than how like say physically good you are at it right i mean it's certainly probably more there are people that can do impressive things but you know it's more about how much you love it than it is about about you know do do, do the best you can and, and if you love it that's the most important part you know Oh, Jason, 100%. I mean, because, and just think about this. It's hard to empty the mind, right? Yeah. So just imagine you sitting in a dark room and you're, <laughs> and you're, 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 you close your eyes for just a moment. Your mind is going a thousand miles a minute and you're probably thinking, what am I going to have for lunch? Do I have to walk the dog? Do I need to take the car to the shop? All of those things just like get all jumbled up. It's such a distraction. It's hard to turn those things off. It really is, but you have to find a place to turn your lens inward. Yeah, Fo focus on the positive, right? You know, not Absolutely. Particularly when it's things that are out of your control, you know. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. It's, you can be mad at them, but you know, not oftentimes there's not really much you can do about it. You know, and I mean that's part of the frustration. But <laughs> find that perfect balance, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that thought, and I also I think that um, one of the things that is an obstacle for a lot of people, whether they're learning, you know, trying to run their first marathon or go snowshoeing for the first time is that there's an, a lot of um, anxiety that many people feel about looking inept or not being as being, being able to keep up being the slowest person or whatever. And I think um, the mindset that you're there and just doing it. And, and I am, I like, my feeling is like when I go when I go backpacking, as an example, there's a lot of people out there that are kind of trying to go for the fastest known time. They're trying to go as fast yeah, as that's possible. crazy. <laughs> my vision or my my dream is to take the longest time of possible. And the person who can take the longest time to do a route is the winner because they're the ones who are really experiencing it in the fullest way. Um, it's, I'm not going to say that it's better or worse than, you know, somebody who does it fast because there's benefits to both. But in my, from my perspective, firstly, I'm never going to get the fastest snow time. That's not going to happen, <laughs> but I can certainly still get out and enjoy that experience. And I think that's what you're, you're that's partly what you're saying here, Adina. I, I don't know, Jeff, if you're too slow though, you can get caught out at night and die of exposure. So you know, there's, there's a fine line on that slowness thing. You know, yeah, okay, I'm not saying I 100% disagree, but you know, you know, 
If it's really slow, like weeks, you could like starve to death. I mean, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta have some, you know, you gotta get the heart going a little bit to okay. get back. You gotta get back Let's to the car. Or, I mean, slowest, you know, slowest known time and surviving. Okay. <laughs> I'm just glad you brought up that conversation because um, it looks different for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, what 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 does an athlete look like? What is that supposed to look like? And then Severia mentioned something about how social media has this this thing about what we're supposed to look like. You have athletes in all different shapes and sizes. If you can run or walk or whatever, you if you can move and you know compete in a race or whatever, you're an athlete. And I'll tell you what I like again back to that late bloomer conversation. I learned so much from the retreat, uh, Severia's uh, retreat, because I didn't know about survival, right? And I, I have a big thing about wildlife. I love wildlife, but I also am very nervous about it, right? Bears and mountain lions and all that stuff. And they had some of the best skilled people there to talk about those things. And you know, for someone like me. I was like, oh, my God, I didn't know that. I didn't know I can do this to um, make a tent. I didn't know I can do these things. So, you know, it's also educating yourself, right? With the fitness, you got to educate yourself. Can I do this? Am I fit for this? And, you know, I'm a run coach as well. So it's it's a little different. It's a little different. I'm more of an encourager, you know, a supporter, you know, and and find the good in, in just about everything, just about everything. Sorry, I was going to say, I like that you mentioned education, because I think, too, that's so much of it, right? So many times people just jump into something, so like, oh, that looks like fun, and then they have this horrible experience because they don't they don't really know what they're doing, right? So it's not fun. Right. If you find someone or a guide or a teacher or a coach to sort of teach you how to do something, it's like, oh, that's cool. You know, like, all of a sudden it makes it more fun because you're you're not injuring yourself. You're not hurting yourself. You take away some of the frustration. Maybe not all of the frustration, but some of the frustration. You know, and I think it's so important that when we start something new that, you know, that maybe you don't just jump right into it, right? Especially, I would say, Adina, um, you know, learning things later in life, because I was on that same train as well, like for the outdoor stuff. I didn't start doing like outdoorsy things until my late 30s. And a big piece of the reason why I loved it so much is because I was learning like how to mm-hmm. do it and how to do it safely um, and feeling empowered by that. And, and that's so true because people are like, oh, Severia's doing it. I'm going to do it. I know nothing about this, but I'm going to do it because she's doing it. You know, I mean, I, I have friends that uh, just came back from Alaska and one of my friends, she was doing a marathon on the trail and a bear stops in the middle of the trail with the, with the baby. And I was like, okay, tell me what you did. She's like, oh, I wanted to get up and take a selfie with that. I was like, really? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I said, yeah, I don't think so. But, you know, just the, those type of things make me very nervous. And I, when I did my first Ragnar uh, relay, those were questions I asked because I want to know. Yeah. I just don't want to get caught out there and not be prepared. And being educated and doing my research is so important. And it's really incumbent upon you as the individual to do that research. Mm-hmm. Well, with the bear, most likely, even a mom with a cub doesn't want to mess with you, you know, but the, yeah, if you try to take a selfie with it, then it's probably going to attack you. So that's, you know, <laughs> yeah, so, I think that she was yeah. being silly. Okay. She was joking. Okay. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Cause, cause let's yeah. be honest, we see it happen, right? You see, I mean, every year oh, in yeah. Yellowstone or someone, someone tries to get a selfie with the bear or the bison and it doesn't end well. <laughs> no, exactly. And it's like, we're in their territory, right? No, definitely. So, so. Uh, 
But yeah, I just think, Jason, that just just do something that makes you happy, that makes your heart like when we get the the blue box from Tiffany, that makes our heart beat faster, right? Mm-hmm. So do something outside that makes your heart beat faster that you're gonna really, really enjoy. <laughs> now, now here's another question because you said you had some trepidation when you were first starting, you know, about exercising and what an athlete's supposed to look like and kind of all that. How did you feel once you started doing it? Did you feel like embraced? Did you feel like people were positive? Was it a better experience than you anticipated, or or like what was the reality versus the fear? So I felt I felt people embrace me and I was still like at that time very, very heavy. Mm-hmm. Right. So the movement wasn't as I would wanted it. But when I finished my first race, my first 5K, just seeing the coaches right there at the finish line, I felt really empowered. I'm like, oh, I want more, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I want more. And um I also was very concerned about how people would look at me. Oh, she's a big girl, you know. She, how is she moving? You know, I'm, I'm just thinking out, you know, just the, yeah. the things in my head, you know, um, not having the proper bra fitted, you know, or not having the right type of apparel on. I had like on a cotton shirt, and my coach was like, "Have you lost your mind?" I had on a cotton <laughs> shirt. She's like, "You know, cotton is rotten," you know. Yeah. So, you know, you learn all of these things as you go along. But, sure. you know, I felt. I felt empowered after finishing my first race. And then I decided I was hungry for more. You know, when I did my first triathlon, indoor triathlon, I was very nervous, but I felt empowered when I finished, you know, and definitely when I did the Chicago marathon, that was, that was a lot. That was six months of training. It was hard training. It was like, I don't want to do this anymore type training. Um, But when I finished, I, I felt truly empowered that I can say I did that. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people, are, I mean, the things that they're sort of keep them from doing it, I, I, you know, one, you shouldn't care what other people think about you if it's going to stop you from doing something you're going to love and enjoy or, or taking a path to get healthier. Two, I think more, more most people that do those activities love those activities and love and want more people to do it and more people to enjoy it, you know. So if anything, I, you know, you just kind of want to encourage, want to encourage people to try stuff. You know, if you've never hiked before, that's okay. Just go on a hike. You know, it's not, no one's going to judge you. No one's going to judge you or or whatever. You know, there's, there's no judgment out there. And if they are, then the most of the rest of us don't like those people either. You know what I mean? There's snobs and and everything. It's like, you know, can speak to this. You know, there's women can be very judgy. I'm not sure about guys, but I know women can be very judgy amongst others, you know, and, you know, and, and, and first of all, how am I going to be received? We worry about those things. Well, at least I know in the beginning I did, but now I could really care less because I know I bring something powerful to the table. And that's my presence and, and showing up authentic. Yeah. Adina, I, I think that you've inspired many people by your stories and your example. I and mean, I think that's the thing that's really wonderful is that you can see how uh, what you've done has motivated and inspired, you know, hundreds, thousands of people. And that's the thing that's kind of always kind of interesting to me about, um, you know, being active in the outdoor space or whether it's, you know, riding a bike or hiking or doing yoga. Um, There's always going to be somebody that you are an inspiration to by your own action 
And there's always going to be somebody else that is inspiring you, that it's doing even something, you know, way beyond maybe what you ever care to do. And um, I, I think that there's room for all of that. And I think that's the thing that's I, I like to remember. We do, um, you know, like I think about when, when we've climbed a mountain peak, you know, even something like Tumalo Mountain, you know, you climb Tumalo Mountain and you look down and, and you see all of the, you know, the, the valley or whatever. And, you know, how many thousand, a hundred thousand people, you know, in Bend and the greater Bend area and how many of them have never climbed that peak, you know, and mm -hmm. think, oh, that that's that. I don't know. That's not for me. I'm not I, I can't do that. And, um, you know, we can be an example of it. Yes, you can do that or somebody, you know, you can. You don't have to be some idealized vision of an athlete or a yogi or a you know trail runner or whatever. You can start where you are and be who you are and still you know have a great time and inspire other folks to do that. So I love what you're doing. Well, thank you, and I agree with you 100 percent, 100 percent. So uh, Adina, as someone working you know, in the diversity and inclusion space and all these activities, like what would you like to see happening that's not happening now? Or is there anything that you'd like to see more of? Like, how do you feel the state of it is and, and what, what, where do you think it needs to improve and how do you think it can improve? I think the state of it now is that we're, 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 we're just present, right? Mm -hmm. I think more people need to step out of that zone and like do something that you've never done before. You know, I'll, I remember this one lady telling me that like like rock climbing is and I'm just going to say just as she says, it's an expensive white sport. Right. She said, mm -hmm. you know, most people of color don't do this because it's too expensive. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? I mean, you have all types of people with different incomes. So I'm not sure where that with how that conversation, you know, kind of led to that. But it's just the fact that that's a deterrent. You could have said that to anybody and that could have been a deterrent for like, oh, well, I'm not doing that. I can't afford, you know, I think that we need to embrace everybody into the space. So if you're trying something new, I want people in the outside to give you support and to say, oh, you can do this and not, and stop feeding you like the negative energy, the negative stuff. Oh, you can't do that. That's not for you. We don't do that. You know, that type of thing. I just think that there's still room for improvement. There's still room for people to open up their eyes and share the space. I don't want to be on the running trail on the trail. And then you get people look at you sideways. I've had that happen. I've had people when I'm on my bike, look at me like I'm kind of crazy. You know, I'm like, okay, well, I'm here. You're here. We, we, we all belong here. So, you know, I just think that we just need to get over that. And there is going to be people. There's going to be acceptance and non-acceptance. You just have to be the person that is in that space and, and let them know, hey, I'm here and I'm participating. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard. It's hard. I have friends that are just like, oh, my God, I couldn't do that. I don't know how it would feel. You know, they're, you know, most people aren't very welcoming to us and different things. You don't know until you try. Yeah. You know, you know, it could lead into a great friendship, a great relationship, whatever. You know, but we still got a ways to go, Jason, a ways yeah. to go. 
I would also say most of the people I know in the outdoors community really want more people, really want it to be more inclusive, and you know what I mean, really want more diversity in it. So <laughs> maybe there are people. But how are they? You know, how are they amplifying their voices in that yeah. space, though? See, that's the big. You have to amplify your voice. Yeah. And and I'm I'm I'll say this: REI has done a wonderful job of amplifying their voices in many spaces for outdoors. Yeah. Especially for people maybe that have disabilities. Or, or just just all 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 people from all walks of life you know people say we want more we want more but what are you doing to make that change yeah and I think you know Adina to your point you know I think representation is super important right so I think the fact I love the fact that you're getting so much press and so much visibility because people see you and they're like oh we do that <laughs> you yeah. know like yes yes out there and I think also to putting people in leadership roles right so like you're teaching yoga like you're teaching these things you're organizing this stuff so i think it's super important to to have representation you know in leadership roles and just in general um so i think that's so great um what, i know you are so involved with so many great organizations um do you want to because uh, i know we're kind of not we're not out of time but we're as we're getting close um tell us some about about some of the organizations that you're a part of so I am a part of uh, Black Girls Run. I am the uh, lead ambassador for the Washington, D.C. area. I have four other ambassadors that work with me. Um, I am part of the Black Girls Run Foundation, you know, a foundation where, you know, people can donate to get somebody out on the pavement to run, get someone, you know, a pair of shoes or just to donate to the foundation for more resources um, for women of color, you know, because that in itself, you know, diseases are high up on our list uh, when it comes to women of color. Uh, I am a hero for Black Girls Do Bike, um, getting in more women into the biking community. Uh, I am an REI partner. Uh, I am an Athleta Fit Pro, Terry Bicycles, Fit Brand Model, Pacers, which is like another running store. Um, I'm an ambassador for them. Amazing organization. Uh, do, they do amazing things as well. Fleet Feet Sports. I'm part of their family just for just space and bringing authentic, my authentic self into that space. Um, there's just so many other things that I'm involved with. I'm thinking on the top of my head, I probably forgot half of them already. Uh, Honey Stinger, I am on their athletic advisory board because they had a big issue of bringing people of color into that space, right? Because it's always looked at as a white sport. So being on the athletic advisory board and trying to make a change along with other people is so important. So being a part of that as well, uh, has been great. So um, those are just a few of the things that I belong to. Oh, and handful, handful bras. So stepped out of the comfort zone, did a, a bra photo shoot, <laughs> really out of my comfort zone. That sizing, it doesn't matter what size you are, there's clothes for everybody. So handful, handful has been amazing. Uh, Carrie Grand, um, uh, influencer for them, which is a clean beauty company. Faux Lane, which is based out of Boston. Um, a clean beauty company, uh, a partner with them. So uh, I do quite a few things. So, and a sweat life, really big. Um, they helped me with an article, presenting an article on what it is like to be a black yoga teacher. So they have been wonderful. 
Uh, they are based out of Chicago, but they, they do wonderful things in the community also, and they try to bring those of us of color into the space. So oh, it's it's good. So that's just some of the things that uh, brands that I work with. You need so Adina, thank you so much for joining us today. I think it was actually tonight for you, but today. Um, and I just wanted to make sure that people know how to find you because I know recently you were hacked on social media, so you have a new social media account. We will add this in the show notes. But if people are interested in finding more about you or you know how to get a hold of you, what would be the best way to do that? Well, there's a couple different ways. Um, they can find me on Instagram under Adina V Crawford V for Victoria Crawford. On Instagram, um, on Facebook, Dini the Yogini for the love of yoga. And on um, my webpage, adinacrawford.weebly.com. They can find me there or they can just Google my name and find all the wonderful things that I am doing in the community uh, to bring people more into the space. Perfect. Oh, that's great. Thanks so much, Adina. It's been so much fun talking to you. Yeah, thank <laughs> you oh, it's so been much fun for talking to all yeah. of you all. And what's going on with uh, with all the adventurous women stuff, Severia? It sounds like you have some exciting stuff planned for next year. Yeah, we have a bunch of exciting events coming up in 2023. We have three winter events that we're going to be doing here in Central Oregon. And we have our Women in Whitewater returning. We have our big summer escape happening in uh, in Oregon. And then we also have five international trips that we're putting on the calendar this year. Five. So, yeah, <laughs> we're going to Italy twice. We're doing uh, the Swiss Alps, hopefully, and uh, Tour de Mont Blanc and South Africa. So you can find out more information on our website and our stories. And we also have, um, yeah, on our website, we're starting to post events, so keep an eye out. Well, that's going to do it for us. Please make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast and follow us on social media on Instagram at almost there underscore AP or the almost there adventure podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to support us financially, you can subscribe to our Patreon. <clears throat> if you'd like to support us financially, you can subscribe to our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash ATAP. You can find Severia at Adventure Us Women, that's Adventure US Women, Jeff at The SoCal Hiker, or me at The Muir Project. Our title track, Almost There, is performed by Opus Orange and is provided courtesy of Emoto. For more about this episode and all of our others, make sure to check out the show notes on our website, almostthereadventurepodcast.com. On our next episode, well, it's kind of a very special one with a little bit of a special announcement, so make sure to tune in. As always, thanks for listening.